a lot of artists sometimes want to wait for inspiration to hit and then they can work. But it does it just doesn't work like that. You just gotta keep working and working and working. <laughs> this is the Sparkcast, a bi-weekly show where we explore the creativity, technology, and business of CG. I'm your host, Marina Antunes. Denver Jackson has always wanted to be a storyteller. And in 2012, he made that dream come true, and he began his journey by creating a nine-minute short film titled Cloud Rise. Now, nine years later, Cloud Rise is actually an independent studio, and Denver has now made three short films, a web series, and now has an upcoming feature film titled Is Luna the Crown of Babylon? I recently had a chance to speak with Denver about his creative process, working as a solo animator, and how he overcame the challenges of making a feature film on his own. Here's my conversation with Denver Jackson. I thought we'd start by talking a little bit about uh, your background and then the project. And maybe you can talk a little bit about the work that you're doing and the work that CloudRise is doing. Yeah, totally. Sweet. Yeah. I started in like uh, live action films. I started directing live action short films. Um, and my background is uh, usually came from like visual effects. So I, I did a lot of visual effects for other filmmakers and um, production companies and so forth. But um, I've always been in love with animation. So on these, on the side, I was kind of always doing like tiny little animated uh, shots or sections of like little stories. Um, but it never really went anywhere until I figured that I really wanted to try and learn the craft. And so I came up with a short film that I wanted to do. And I told myself that I would look into every step of the production process in animation from um, animatics, storyboarding, keyframes, in-betweens, background paintings, all those steps. And I would actually go focus and do every single one of those steps to completion. Because before, when I was doing those um, little animation tests, I would just I wouldn't have any stages or steps I would be taking out, just start animating something. Um, so with this one short film, which is called Cloud Rise, which is what my company's named after, um, I decided to uh, learn the production process through that. And that's how I started with animation was from that one film. And then it kind of, I kind of kept going and I did another short film and another one and then a web series like two years ago. and. Now I'm on a two-hour feature. <laughs> so before we talk a little bit more about the project and, and more specifically on CloudRise, I'm curious about, like, clearly you've always been a, a storyteller um, and you've always wanted to share stories and be creative. Um, but was directing always something that you wanted to do or did you f- discover that you wanted to animate, like, later because clearly you started in VFX. So I wonder if there was always something in the back of your mind where you were always like, I want to tell stories. Yeah, I think that was my main focus from the beginning was I've always wanted to tell stories. Um, when I grew up, uh, growing up, uh, being inspired to tell, make films, um, I was actually, the one person that inspired me was Jackie Chan and seeing the bloopers at the end of his films. Because when I was a kid, um, I think I was like 10 or something, 10 or 11 when I was a kid I always believed in the whole 
like I bought into the stories that were being told and into the films and never was there a reason for me to break that illusion until Jack Chan came along and had this like funny blooper thing at the end. And I'm like, oh, whoa, it's not it's not real. <laughs> and so I wanted to always do that. And I never really um, knew who was in charge of making films uh, at that time. I when I was like 11, I always thought it was the actors. I'm like, I want to be like Jackie Chan. I just want to tell stories. And uh, it was only until later I started to learn the process and who was in charge and the directors and all of that. But I, I don't know. I wouldn't really say, um, I would say I'm more of a just a storyteller. Not I would put a label on what I do because I do a lot of different things. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I know that you, I mean, you have post-secondary, but did you go to school for some sort of creative or did you go to school for something totally unrelated? Like, well, how did that come about? Um, I actually went to school for nursing and I only did two years. And then I, I, I always wanted to make films and uh, tell stories, but my, you know, my parents never believe that it would come of anything if I did that, um, having Asian parents. Uh, so um, I did nursing for two years. And then I said I would take a break and just try and focus on making films and see if I can get anywhere with it. And I kind of did that. And, um, you know, I just never gave up on doing that. And I kept doing it until now. Um, but I, it's, I've never really had an education in uh, filmmaking at all or animation. I went to art school for a year. Um, it was a two-year course at a local college here and I went there for a year and during that time I was also working and art school kind of required you to um, be there kind of full-time and not be working on the side and I was already working um, in art <laughs> on the side so I was doing what I love doing and also going to school and I think um, the important lessons that art school is trying to teach you is um, to be able to take on huge workloads and be dedicated and completing projects. And I was already able to do that stuff without, you know, being in art school. So I kind of uh, stopped art school after a year and then I just and also at my job, I was kind of learning a lot more than what art school was teaching me. So I kind of um, just kept working. And uh, so it was a year of art school. Uh, it was like traditional um, art school, painting and drawing and um, that sort of those sort of skill sets. Uh, but in, in terms of like visual effects and animation, it's really all just been online tutorials, um, YouTube, um, certain artists uh, I'll follow and they'll often have like various insights into how they do things. Um, making of DVDs. That was a huge thing in my collection. Just watching making of behind the scenes stuff. You learn a lot by doing that stuff, researching. Um, yeah, it was, so I'm pretty much uh, self-taught in the areas I'm in now. I, I'm curious about, you know, Cloud Rise and you, you say that when you decided that you were going to make the short film and make that commitment to learn every step along the way. So from the time that you started, that you had this idea that you were going to make this film, um, what was, how long did that process take? Because you were learning everything as you went along. And I'm curious if that process was a lot longer than, say, a, the process for your second short film. 
Right. Uh, I think the process was actually shorter than my second short film. Um, it was around six to seven months on my first film. And then my second short was around a year. But I also think uh, my second short film was almost twice as long as my first one. And I wanted to dive into more detail and learn a little bit more of um, like background painting, character design and things like that. So with every project, I, I always try to find something new to learn. And, and sometimes that just takes a little longer. Um, yeah, so it, it took around a year uh, for my second short film. And my second short film also, um, I was doing a lot of, uh, I wanted to try doing a lot of Foley work and things like that. So I went, uh, I had a mixer, my friend's a mixer, and having, doing all the sound work um, to the Foley was a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoy that process as well. <laughs> well, one of the things that I think is really interesting is you've developed a very specific style and it's, it's clear right from Cloud Rise that you have a, a unique visual style and uh, characters and the universes that you build uh, all have a very, very similar themes, but with each project, the that style is becoming more and more like laser focused and you look at the trailer for the crown of babylon you can see where cloud rise started with that visual style but it's become the stamp of the studio and and it's really been elevated to the point now where you know you see even a still from it and you can tell exactly that it's it's your work and it's your team's work and i was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the work that went into first coming up with that visual style because it's so uh, specific to you and to the work that you do and how that's changed over the years. And I, I'm really particularly interested in knowing if it's become more difficult or less difficult to kind of keep that vision together as you bring more people on board to work on the projects. Um, I, I would say the visual style really, um, I put a lot of thought into the visual style in terms of what the story is. So with every story, um, it a lot of thought goes into the type of story it is and how the storytelling is going to come together. So that influences my visual style as well. Um, and the, the process and being, I'm able to um, really, I guess, uh, hone in on what I want specifically. Whereas when I started out, it was never coming up to what I wanted it to be. And, but now it's, I'm able to, get to a place where I'm satisfied with it and I'm happy with how it's looking um, finally after all this time. But uh, it's, that's just how it goes. It's a evolution and you just learn new things and you de develop your skills and experience um, definitely plays a lot into that. And uh, so, um, yeah, it's, it's really project dependent. I have other stories I want to tell that would um, vary in style as well. Uh, there's this one freelance job that I'm in the last month right now of doing, and um, they actually brought on their own uh, concept artist and character designer. So CloudRise basically had to um, work towards that visual style that they already established. And uh, it was a fun process doing that. I don't mind um, taking that challenge on and trying to uh, shift the style and um, 
get that vision across. So uh, yeah, it's I, I I I would say I enjoy the fluidity of being creative, of being able to work creatively. So I don't try to lock myself into anything specific, but with definitely with uh, my personal projects like Esluna, um, it, there's already an established sort of style to walk towards. So I am happy at the place I'm at now. <laughs> well, but, but even in CloudRise, like I, I actually watched the short again just before we talked and I was really impressed by the movement and placement of your camera work and just how fluid the shots are and watching your short films and even, you know, some of the episodes of, of the web series, I find that you're a very visual storyteller. Like you don't fill a lot of space with useless dialogue. Like the dialogue is sparse and it's very specific to moving the story along. And I really appreciate that. And I'm curious about when you're starting to think about a story that you want to tell, how does that process uh, work for you? Like, do you start with an idea that you start making notes on and then you start to sketch? Or do you do you start to sketch first and then the, the ideas kind of start to flow? And then how does that look on paper when, you know, you're finally kind of ready to start building the universe? Because it is so dialogue vacant. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually start with uh, sketches. So I'll go in and I'll, I'll start sketching things out and uh, sketching ideas out. And um, the, star, the story sort of forms from those sketches and illustrations that I begin doing. And from there, I come up with a rough outline on just in Google Doc and I'll type it out. And then uh, for the web series specifically, I sort of um, had a co-writer on it uh, because I wanted to focus on script first. Whereas with my short films, it was it's always been just storyboarding. I've never had a script. Mm -hmm. So I would just storyboard it through, uh, which is why probably it feels so visual in comparison. And the web series, there was a first draft, the second draft, and I started thumbnailing. And then while I was storyboarding, um, we were also writing it as well. And then with the feature that I'm on now, I go back and forth. So I'll do like a first and second draft and then I'll start storyboarding and then I'll go back in and finesse the third draft and I'll go back and re-storyboard and then go, I'll jump back and forth because I, I, I don't think I'm a very good writer on paper with words, but I can see things a lot better and tell stories a lot better by drawing them out. Um, on paper, so just storyboarding it, I can start to develop the story a lot faster than I think I can on paper. Um, so jumping between those processes uh, is really helpful for me. Just uh, it's almost like separating the two visual or two storytelling methods and then kind of combining it into one. Um, but that's been kind of my process on the feature film. So I, I guess the process develops as with every project. <laughs> For sure. Do you, do you find it's easier though to, to communicate when you have the visual rather than just the written word? Yeah, I think it's a lot easier to um, communicate. Although uh, I have a lot of friends in live action films. And so when I send over my animatics to them to get story notes, um, they're not used to seeing animatics or story reels in animation. So uh, it's it can be a little difficult um, knowing what notes to take and what not to take so uh um yeah it's it varies if i show it to animators um they kind of get it uh 
and they know because you know uh, live action filmmakers can sometimes not um, see the the final vision until uh, it's actually done. But uh, animators tend to, because if you work in animation, you know that storyboards aren't <laughs> the final. It's there's still a development <laughs> process there. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uh, storyboards um, for me is a lot easier to communicate. Um, usually in my scripts, I have it all visually. So in my descriptions, it's very sparse description wise, and I know what I want to say with the visuals. So. I won't really say that in the script and then I'll just go in and board it. Yeah. Because you have also a VFX background, do you find that that background also helps inform the animation? Does it make it easier to put the shots together? Yeah. Um, I'd say compositing is probably my biggest strength, being able to composite uh, all those shots and polish them, uh, mainly because of my animation background or VFX background. Um, in VFX, you do a lot of compositing as well with live action and trying to blend everything together. Um, so it's definitely compositing is definitely something that's easier for me to um, go through. It's not it's not a stage that I really have to worry about. Um, sometimes I know uh, because if I'm doing the work, you often have to compromise um, on a lot of animation, like what is the most important shot to have animated and things like that. And if there's a shot that isn't specifically the greatest animation you can let that pass because it's not as important but i know i can take that shot into compositing and polish it up that to make it look really nice even though it doesn't have the best animation <laughs> work to your strengths right exactly yeah you have to cut corners where you have to like so yeah you, just, you can't you can't do everything unfortunately <laughs> Yep. <laughs> One of the things that I also think is really interesting that I hope you can talk a little bit more about is because the films are so visual, music and sound becomes like a really key part of it as well, because it marries to the visuals so much. And, you know, you talk a little bit about how uh, you've worked a little bit with Foley work. And I, I was wondering if you could talk about your relationship with Mark Junker, um, who's done, I think, the music for all of your projects, right? Like, how did you guys meet? And what's that working relationship like? Um, we met right after high school and we met, uh, through a mutual friend of ours and we kind of just hit it off talking about, uh, Gandhi Tchaikovsky's Samurai Jack series. Uh, we both love that show and how sparse the dialogue and, and it's mainly atmospheric with, um, sound design and music and we started, went to go from there and my first animated film, he took on the role as composer and because we get along so well as friends he he's really good at knowing what i'm thinking a lot of times just by seeing the picture he knows because we like a lot of the same content he knows oh i know what denver's thinking here i know what he's inspired by here i know exactly what this needs um so working with mark um it's just been really easy and then i work with another music composer as well uh his name is david parfit and um with sos a short i did and the web series and now this feature um, mark and david have both collaborated together on music and they work really well together as well because they will start doing the score and be sending each other their files back and forth and just adding to the music um so their process is really uh, refined now over the course of the three pieces that we've done. 
Um, and also David is, his, he's the type of composer that really loves live instruments and live instrumentation. So he, so he'll often work towards bring in live musicians, which is, you know, my favorite part of the whole process really is actually going into uh, whenever David's going to record live musicians. I always want to be at the sessions <laughs> because it's so beautiful. Just watching the musician score the pieces of music that I've only heard in a synth track and then having hearing live instruments play. It's incredible. It's magical. So um, they were both work together. Um, for the feature, we got an additional music composer named Samuel Kim, uh, who's a uh, phenomenal composer as well. And with each project, we keep trying to elevate um, what we're doing. So yeah, I'm really excited for how everything's come together on the feature. And uh, I really can't wait for it to be out and for people to be seeing it. <laughs> well, let, let's start talking a little bit about this universe that you've created with Luna, because I think it's so fascinating. Usually when you get a, a universe of this scope, you don't always get the opportunity to really expand and live in it. So where did the idea for the universe start and was the, the idea always to have a film or was it, has it always been sort of envisioned as a multifaceted project with like a film portion and a web series or a television portion? Like, let's talk a little bit about this universe and where this idea came from. Sure. Uh, yeah. The story actually for the Asluna universe, I had, um, it was one specific story and I had it in high school. And I wrote a script, a feature-length script for it, um, and it was titled The World Beyond, which is still, it has not been made yet. And we pitched it to StoryHive for a web series. And the requirement was that we're, we weren't allowed to make it over an hour. So I went in and I tried to look at the script and think about what I want to cut out of this feature-length script, and I couldn't find anything to cut. So I was, I didn't want to compromise with the scripts and not tell the story that I've been holding on to for so long to tell. And so I thought, mm -hmm. okay, well, maybe I'll take um, one of these characters in this feature and I'll tell a story with that character who's an old man in the feature, but I'll, I'll go tell the story of him as a young kid. And so that's where the idea of the web series started to formulate. And uh, it kind of just built from there. Um, and then the this feature film, um, it's kind of continuing on with the same characters from the web series as well, because it was so much fun working with those characters that I wanted to keep going. Um, so I have not made the very first story I've had in S. Luna yet, <laughs> but um, it's been pretty fun telling stories within the world and just building the world to, and also knowing the twists and turns that happen in the first original script and not giving any of those twists and turns away yet. This has been really cool. <laughs> so you're working your way up to this feature that you've had in your back pocket for like a decade, right? Yeah, pretty much. So it would pretty much be a trilogy at this point if I get to make the next one, which will be the very first script, hopefully. <laughs> So, um, so you've been working kind of within this universe for a while. You do the web series; it's very successful. So, what prompted you to to want to do the feature? We applied for while in the middle of doing the web series. We applied to Telefilm for their um, talent to watch program. Uh, it's about, I think, one hundred and twenty five thousand 
the grant would be. Um, so we applied for that and I was in the middle of doing the web series and we got the news that we got the funding, but I couldn't really take that in at that point because I was so deep in trying to finish the web series because I animated the entire web series alone by myself. I, after production, I wanted to give the money back because 125000 was it's the same amount that we had for the web series, around the same amount. Um, and it wasn't, I, it wasn't enough. I really wanted to hire help to be able to make another project. And I was so burnt out from doing the web series that I just wanted to give the money back. And I, everyone kept telling me to think about it, think about it. Um, and so during that time, while I was thinking about it, I was actually looking into other methods where I did not have to draw every frame because that was just too much. And I have never animated in 3D before. And so I was looking into uh, 3D and 3D rigs and 3D modeling and just um, being able to animate with the rig. So the feature, um, I figured I could, I could use 3D, utilize CGI, uh, but I still wanted to keep that hand-drawn quality um, with the work, but hopefully not burn myself out making a film. And so uh, I came up with this process uh, where I, I could render out the characters in 3D with a stylized look to them, a tune shader type of look, but go in and um, do traditional animation over top of the 3D models with just the face, facial expressions, and possibly like a lot of the shots, the hair and the hands. Those were the things that kind of sticked out to me as 3D. Um, and doing that process, I came up with something that I was happy with and I went ahead and did, uh, this two hour feature. I said, yes, okay, I'll take the grant and I'll work at making this feature film. Um, so, uh, that's how that's developed into make, having me do the two hour feature, uh, it was just finding an easier way to not burn myself out. I don't know if it really worked, but I didn't realize that you had done all the animation yourself on the the web series and on the feature. That's yeah. crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, actually, this freelance job I'm uh, CloudRise is working on right now has been the first time I've able to, I've been able to hire animators and three uh, D modelers on board, and it's been incredible. Um, just working on all these uh, personal projects like the web series and the feature alone has been, it's just such a isolating process. Yeah. I can't really sh get excited and share things with other animators, but working on this client job, um, you know, I'm working with other animators and I can get excited about things and share things uh, that was specifically to the job. So it's, it's been really good. Um, but yeah, the feature and the web series, yeah, it was, it was a big process. So let's talk a little bit about that process then. You know, what did your day look like on a typical day in the middle of production? Middle of production, it would be, um, I would always start work. 11 a.m. is when I start, regardless of how late I slept that day. Um, so uh, it would be traditional animation in the mornings, and then I'll switch it up in the afternoons to background paintings. And then from background paintings, I'll move to um, 3D animation animating the rigs and rendering those shots out for the next day to do traditional animation over top of those. Um, and then at night I would do compositing and compositing because wow. I can get so into compositing. Uh, oftentimes I'll, it, time will just fly by and it's already like 7am 
and then oh got to wake up in a couple hours <laughs> yeah so time for some rest <laughs> yeah <laughs> so production is very much um just going doing various stages of the job and it's been it's been nice doing that just because i can split my mind into different places throughout the day and just focus on those things that's awesome. I'm I'm curious though then how long what has the pro, was the process from like when you when you decided that you you found a way to make the feature and you actually started working on it to when it was done. I assume it's done, right? Uh we're uh have I think 15 minutes of music left to do and a final sound mix. <laughs> nice. So okay, so uh, how long was it from when you started to actually like get the animation being finished? Let's go there. Yeah, um, so I start. I think believe it was around um, two months of script writing and storyboarding. Um, oh, thumbnailing. Sorry, two months of script writing and thumbnailing. And then, in the meantime, I was also doing a lot of concept art and design work um, for the feature. And then once I had all of those done, I spent another two months just doing strict storyboarding, and then another month doing the reel. And then from the story reel, um, I started on production. And then production started in July of 2019, July. Um, and then I completed uh, the final shot of animation July of the next, the following year. Oh, wow. Yeah. But um, in between then, I uh, started going back and updating shots of animation. But I had the full feature, all animated. Um, within the year of July to July, and then going back and finessing everything else. Wow, okay, that's super <laughs> impressive. You made an entire movie by yourself in a year. That's really super <laughs> impressive. I can't say I've done anything that impressive in a year. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would recommend it really to anyone. I, if like anyone would like to take on making whole feature, um, they, I, I would uh, caution that it is a lot of work and a lot of sleepless nights. Um, be careful not to get burnt out. Uh, I felt really unhealthy after <laughs> making the feature and the web series, but yeah, um, mostly sitting behind a computer and a drawing desk. <laughs> so yeah. so you know, let's talk a little bit about these other things that go into making the feature beyond just the actual work, because like you say, you know, you felt really bad after you finished it because it is a lot of work that you crammed into a year how do you stay motivated how do you stay like on task like how do you not decide one day you know what i'm just not up to this today i'm taking the day off because i'm assuming you can't maybe do that but like how do you how do you stay like pushing forward what's your motivation oh um i think it's just it's come with experience i, I think when i first started out I would have those days where, you know, if I didn't feel like working, I would not work. Um, but as I went along, uh, it's it's just a lot of hard work. You just got to push through it. Even if you feel unmotivated, you keep going and it becomes a um, regimented schedule for yourself that you just keep doing it. Um, and there's, I mean, there's very, I think maybe once or twice throughout the whole process of production, there were only one or two moments where inspiration did strike and I was feeling inspired and motivated, but that out of the whole year, that was the only twice it happened. So I think um, a lot of artists sometimes want to wait for inspiration to hit and then they can work. 
but it does it just doesn't work like that you just got to keep working and working and working it's a, um the same with uh i heard i've heard um writers say that you know you can't wait you just got to put pen to paper and start writing you just got to keep writing even if it's you don't know what you're writing you just keep you just start and keep going um it's the same with uh, animation production you just keep going uh and i think there's also a little thing um and where it's almost an addiction. I just need to see the shot finished. Well, I need to get so many shots done a day <laughs> and I need to meet that quarter. And it's like, it's just, I, I, I won't go to bed until I hit that mark every single day. And it's just been a goal. <laughs> how, how do you like, so on the days like now when you're not working madly, you know, 12, 20, 20 hour days to get the, the film finished, so how do you stay motivated on those days? I'm assuming you probably still set yourself up with some sort of schedule. I'm curious on the days when, you know, you're just regular you working in animation and not have a huge deadline. How do, how do you stay motivated on those days? Uh, I, 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 it's been way easier to keep motivated just because um, like working on this freelance job with other animators, it's been a lot more relaxing. Um, I can take time and take take a lot more time uh, finessing things and perfecting animation. Um, whereas the the feature film and the web series, it was just such a you know a struggle to get everything done that I couldn't finesse a lot of things. Um, with the feature film, it's a little different. Uh, I can because it's still in final mix. So I'll be working on this. Uh, freelance job and then um when i have time after the job i'll go in and start finessing things on the feature um the cut is locked though so i can't really change anything but i can change visual things (laughs) i can improve some animation i can improve some color correction some visual effects (laughs) but uh at yeah motivation has never really been an issue i think the hardest the hardest times when i need to uh be get that motivation back is um either coming back from traveling because just being so relaxed and then coming back and then having to dig in um then i need to find a you know a strive again and uh how to get the ball going um but once the ball is rolling it's i'm in the zone and i just i keep working um but also that's not really true either because sometimes when I take a holiday and I just, I'm just itching to come back and work. So I I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you mentioned something that I think is really interesting, how you're, you're planning on going back and kind of tinkering with the film. And Uh when do you know, like clearly like sometimes you're working towards a deadline and you don't have a choice. It just is what it is. Yeah. But like, even when you start like putting uh, the idea together and the script together and your story together, when do you know that you're ready to start like creating the, the, the project? Like when do you know you want to start filming? When do you know the moment that the story is ready for you to move forward? In the case of the uh, feature film, um, we originally had a deadline of two years, so it had to be done December last year, but then the pandemic hit and deadlines kind of went up in the air. So um, I started production prior to the pandemic and it wasn't really because I was absolutely 100% happy with the script or the story. 
there was just so much to do in animation that I had to I had to start I had to begin and I also kind of had faith that I would figure some story beats out that weren't quite working yet I'd have I'd be able to figure out while I'm in production and working on it and yeah it's a strange process because you're also in when you start um, when you're making a film by yourself you're constantly thinking about the film like all day, all night. <laughs> Sometimes, oftentimes I can't sleep because I'm just thinking about story beats and like specifically with this one, I think in the beginning of production, I was going to bed with my laptop on my stomach watching tutorials on 3D, <laughs> just trying to figure out things of how to get things done. And that's a terrible idea watching tutorials before bed because you'll see something and you just want to go and work. You're like, oh, oh okay, I want to try that thing. And then I can't sleep because I'm thinking about all these uh, specific things in 3D or with story or what have you. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been more of um, just starting the project uh, because the idea of trying to finish finish it and all the stages that you need to get through, you got to begin. Um, and yeah, right now the feature is done and. Uh, I'm happy with it. So it's it's my favorite project I've made so far. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Can you talk us through the, the process of, you know, so you've made the film. How do you get it out to people? Because I know like with the short films and the, the, the web series, like with the short films, you started by, you know, self-distributing them and they kind of started to get traction with film festivals. And with the web series, Story Hive was involved. So you've kind of had an idea of a platform. But with the feature, so you, you decide to make this feature, you get this funding. But then how do you start thinking about how you're going to get that feature to people? Yeah, so we, um, because it's in still has the final mix to go through um we did start uh searching and we went to our first film markets i think last two weeks ago three weeks ago can't quite remember but um uh, first it's an interesting i've never done this process before um having to try and sell uh your film so um i'm really curious as to how this all works and I'm really into trying to learn about the whole selling in market. And we have like our, we have had a couple meetings um, for acquisition and distribution and things like that. Um, but I, at the same time, I, I'm not really desperate to sell. Um, so I think the first couple of deals you get on trying to sell a feature might be low <laughs> it might be not be the best deals um and especially when it ev- hasn't even done its festival run yet uh it could be that acquisition deals it the you know it's it hasn't got its worth yet until you complete a festival run and it has more accolades and adds to the quality of what it is um so it's all i yeah i honestly don't know yet and I'm still learning right now. <laughs> so um, I'm curious uh, as well about the fact that, you know, you're an independent filmmaker with a studio that's made now a number of projects, including a feature film, and you're not even in a uh, an animation hub. 
right? You're, you're not in Vancouver. You're out on the island. You're kind of on your own, doing your own thing out there. Do you, do you find that there's any pressure to, to kind of move operations somewhere where there is more of a, uh, a community for animation? Or do you think it's more freeing for you being kind of out on your own, doing your own thing? I think uh, it depends on um, where the budget is, I guess. Uh, well, I mean, for the freelance job, it's everyone's working remotely, so it hasn't been a problem. And I don't even know, are studios um, open right now in animation or everyone's working remotely? Yeah, I think for the most part, they're still, most of them are still kind of in on the remote phase. I know that some of the studios that we've talked to over the last few months, they've started to kind of have people come in, but it's still not like the, you know, everybody in, in the studio together. That's definitely not where we're at yet. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know. It's it working remotely has, is, I don't think it's a huge issue or problem. Um, I mean, it's proven it can be done. <laughs> so it's, yeah, uh, I don't, I have never really found a need yet to move anywhere else. Um, I'm pretty comfortable in my little space just working. Uh, and yeah, I, I like it here. <laughs> I kind of love that you're in Victoria doing your own thing over there and people are coming to you for <laughs> with, with the uh, looking for the project. I think that's fantastic. You, you've kind of got your own thing going there. And I have a, I just get the sense that maybe there's something in the air that makes it special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's know. beautiful out Wishful here. Thinking, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it totally is. I, I, you know, now that, you know, the, the Crown of Avalon is almost finished and you're out there looking for distribution and you're working on other projects, clearly. What's, what's next for you as far as, you know, your next personal project? Are you thinking about doing another feature or are you going to uh, stop and do another short film beforehand? Well, what's kind of in the in the cards for you going forward? I have a short film um, in the works right now. Um it's mm-hmm. i've started I, i've completed all the background work for it and um i've kind of started some character animation on it and then on the side i'm writing with a friend a, a mini series within the world of Vesluna um as well based on a character from the babylon feature uh i, I just love that character so much in the feature that i wanted to do a spin-off series as <laughs> So him and I are working on a uh, miniseries. And then, um, yeah, I have the two, I have another feature in Es Luna, the very first one I wrote that I want to do. And um, I mean, there's always projects on the go. So uh, we'll see which one happens. Uh, the short film is probably definitely going to happen, though, because I'm, a, I'm in the middle of production on that. <laughs> awesome. Well, congratulations. It's been so lovely talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's been great. (laughs) And that was my conversation with Denver Jackson. To find out more about Denver's work and see what's upcoming, be sure to check out his website, cloudrisepictures.com. The Sparkcast is a production of the Spark Computer Graphics Society. Opening and closing credits, as well as additional production support by Michael Edland. For more about SparkCG and our upcoming events, visit sparkcg.org.